And amen, amen. Can I bring this mic down? I want to do that ooh part when y'all doing it on the mic. I like you can be seated for a moment. Amen. Glad to see everybody here today. Want to welcome CFC family and friends. Uh, any first time visitors uh, in the place, we want to welcome you. And those watching online, if it's your first time, uh, we're glad you decided to spend your Sunday morning worshiping with us today. So uh, again, we're still in phase three of the opening of our power, so we ask that you use uh, social distancing guidelines and um, hand sanitizer that we have provided at the door. All right, and also since we're in phase three still, uh, Saturday is October 31st. We usually have our fall fest there, uh, but we're not gonna be able to do it this year because that's, it's like, putting people inside a, inside a sardine can when we normally do it in the gym. So we're just not gonna have it this year. So uh, hopefully, how many of you hoping, I'm believing, not hoping, we believe in 2021 is gonna be much better than 2020, right? <laughs> Amen, and I got, I got a word for us this morning that I'm gonna share uh, after, uh, after worship service this morning on that. So I uh, just wanna let you know, you can stay up to date with us on Facebook uh, we'll have all the announcements. Speaking of that, uh, there's another tropical storm that's developed. It's not really moving, but they're predicting Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, we could possibly have a Category 1 hurricane. We're in the cone again. We, we've been lined up in that cone, so stay up to date on Facebook uh, for Wednesday evening service. We, we're still planning on having it now, but it's all up to what this storm's going to do. We're not going to do it during a hurricane. So um, stay up to date with that, but also you can watch uh, live uh, Sunday morning services when you're not able to attend in person and, and in the past. So also we, you can keep up with us on your phone with us, the CFC Church app. Uh, what you do is go to our website, which we'll announce in a few minutes, and on that you're going to see a, a Ministry One app that looks sort of like this. Click on that, and it's going to tie everything together on your phone when you download that app from there where it's going to be tied into this, uh, this church here. Also, we have a YouTube channel for those that don't have Facebook. Um, it's, you need to go to uh, Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Sheremy. That'll bring you to that page where you can watch uh, sermons from the past. We upload them. Uh, usually, this morning service may be up there this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, the only place you could actually watch live as it's happening is on Facebook. Also, we have a website, welcome to uh, cfc.com, what I was just talking about, where you could download that church app from and uh, watch, uh, also watch uh, sermons uh, from the past. So uh, also I want to remind you, if you have kids from age 6 to 11, new generations, uh, they're meeting right now and they're having services. We are open. All our classes are open again. So those that might not know, uh, Kids Children's Church has been going for... A long time we we are we hardly ever stop uh, but they're actually going to show their service tonight at 7 p.m on uh, new generations facebook page so uh if if you wonder what goes on back there uh with, with your children you're looking for a place that uh four children uh, you, you have there watch that it's very good you okay i don't know what michelle was doing i thought she was having a seizure there for a second <laughs> oh at least not to me okay okay <laughs> They're giving hand signs, but it wasn't to me. Okay. So, uh, again, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, also, Wednesday evenings, we started our prayer revival again. Uh, adults, it, well, 
Prayer revival is for any age. Anybody that wants to come to the prayer revival. Again, we're not praying for revival. We are reviving prayer in the house of God. Jesus says, in my Father's house will be called the house of prayer. So we're, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen, amen. That we want to bring back prayer into the house of God. So every Wednesday night, we have prayer from uh, 7 to 8. And while uh, the adults are having prayer, there is the uh, youth ages 12 through 19 and kids club 3 through 11. At this time on Wednesday nights, we don't have a nursery for kids under uh, the age of 3. Um, so uh, one other thing, we are looking for, for nursery workers. I think I have a paper here. If you'd be interested in get work, getting into the nursery ministry on the foyer, we have a paper back there for you to find, uh, fill out, and we'll try and get back with you as soon as we can, give you some more information to fill out. Uh, we try to have, have uh, well, we do have two people in the nursery at once. Uh, just to let you know, if you decide to work in the nursery, you're not going to be by yourself. You'll have another adult with you working there. We want to get it to at least 10 people. We're at eight right now. That way, the, you actually, once every five weekends, you'd be working in the nursery so that you're not missing out service here. Again, even when you're working in the nursery, it's live, live streamed, uh, videoed in there. You actually watch the service on the TV that's in there as you're watching the children. Amen. So just if you're interested in helping out in the nursery, we want to encourage you to do that. Next week, daylight savings time ends. So um, next week, you get to sleep an hour longer. And I'm not sure, is, is this the last time it's going to switch? I think the governor had passed something that we're going to, once we switch to that time, we may be staying in that time forever. So I'm not sure. Uh, but next week, you get to sleep an hour later. So you can't, listen, you got a whole extra hour to get to church next week. So you can't be late, right? <laughs> How many of you are going to say, I just can't help myself. I'm always running late. I got one of those Les Miles watches. Now, you got to be a football fan to know what that means. Les Miles used to be the coach of LSU, and he'd always run out of time at the end of the game. And we used to joke and say, he got a Les Miles watch. He got 13 seconds, and he says, oh, we got plenty of time. <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, daylight saving time's in. So, do we have anyone having a birthday between today and next Sunday? Uh, in here. We just want to say, Brother Leo, you're having a birthday? Happy birthday, Brother Leo. All right, let's give the Lord a hand clap for praise. Amen. Anyone else, a birthday between now and next Sunday? Your little granddaughter's birthday today. Well, tell her happy birthday. All right, anyone else? All right, anyone online having birth a birthday this week? Just say, type in happy birthday, and we want to wish you happy birthday. What about anniversaries between now and next Sunday? I'm going to, we're going to announce Kevin and Rachel. Kevin's going to be working next Sunday, so we can't uh, uh, tell them happy anniversary, but they're going to be married. How many years, Kevin? How many we agreed to? Come on, bro. <laughs> we had a meeting right before church that we said, let's get it straight. How many? 27. 23. No, 23? Okay, you see. But both are. We're both over 50, and we both don't know what yeah, yeah. we all remember what we discussed. So Rachel's, Rachel's under 50. She's still got her memory. Okay, so yeah. 23 years. <laughs> Amen. So happy anniversary to y'all. Anyone else? Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, man. 
get me a donut. Now, you, if you were here last week, you know what that means. You all know what that means? Every time I cough, I need to bite into a donut. It's for your safety. They say one of the first signs of COVID is you lose your taste. So I figured that I, I went, I'm going to go buy uh, three dozen donuts from Mr. Ronnie's. And every time I cough for your safety, I'm going to take a bite of that donut to make sure I can still taste it. And if I can still taste it, I'm safe. So, <laughs> so we'll be all right. <laughs> so that's my new saying. Every time I clear my throat, I say, yeah, where's the donut? <laughs> Amen. That's a cheap COVID test. So just to let you know. All right. So we're going to go ahead and pick up our offering, tithe and offerings this morning. Uh, what I first want to do is give you uh, ways that you can give if you're not in here this morning. So, so you know how if you're watching online, you can go to our website, uh, www.welcometocfc.com and give from there. You can uh, send it through regular uh, mail at post office box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana, 70373. And, or you could drop it off Monday through Wednesday from 9 to 3 when the office is open at church here. So uh, what we want to do is just read our uh, offering this week. If you'd stand to your feet. As we read our scriptures this week, <coughs> Psalm 65, 9 and 11 says this, 9 through 11 says, You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and levels it, level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your uh, bounty, and your courts overflow with abundance. So take your offering, hold it in your right hand, and repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I, today's offering, I, rejoice, I rejoice in your goodness toward my life, toward my life and toward those around me. Those around me. You, O oh Lord, you, oh Lord, are a good God, a good God who does good things all the time. I am amazed, I am amazed at your love. And constant, mercy. and constant mercy. I am amazed, I am amazed at how you, watch over every detail of my life. you watch over every detail of my life. Again today, Again today I surrender my life to you, my plans, my decisions, my finances. I put them all into your hands. In Jesus' hands. name we pray. Jesus Amen. What we're going to do as Sister Aliska begins to play on the keyboard, we'll actually, we've got three baskets up here. Uh, just come out your seats, make your way, and, and place your offering in the baskets. If you're unable to walk all the way to the front, we do have uh, one in the foyer, a box that you can put your offering. So come on, come on and bring your offering to the Lord.
have two and a half minutes. I told him we're short on time today. He has two minutes, 29 seconds. So, Pastor Allen, if you would. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. You can be seated. This has been Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, from the church, we want to present Pastor Scott and Sister Sudan with a, a gift card. And I have no idea what's in here. Is it a lot of money? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. It's enough money to buy three dozen donuts. <laughs> we love you, Pastor. <laughs> hey, now let, let me explain this to you. This is what you call more than a conqueror. When a boxer goes in the boxing ring and he fights, he gets all beat up, his nose blood, his eyes black, and he wins, and they give him a check. He takes that check, goes home, and hands it to his wife. <laughs> he is a conqueror. And she is more than a conqueror. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Amen. Well, it was nice while I held on to it. <laughs> but amen. Just uh, fortunate. You know, I always feel so blessed that uh, God has placed us here in Christian Fellowship Church. And we appreciate every one of y'all. Amen. Amen. Come on, we can say amen. 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 So, so let's get ready to worship this morning. How many is ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we have our call to worship this morning. Amen. Our call to worship for October is from Psalms 34, verses 1 through 4. This is the Living Bible. It says this. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. How many of you know that's hard to do? Yeah. But David said, talk to his soul, says, oh, my soul, I will praise the Lord. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves that we need to praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of his glories and grace. How many of you know what that's telling you there? Quit focusing on the problem and focus on God. I will constantly speak of his glories and grace in my life. Then it goes on to say, um, I will boast of all his kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. For I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Father, we just come here to worship you this morning. Father, I just pray that your spirit be in this place today, Father God, as we worship you here, Father. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone shouts out, Amen. Let's put our hands together as we worship the Lord. Ooh, ooh, I can see the clouds rolling. I can feel the wind as it tried to shake me. I will not be moved. My feet are on the rock. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can feel the waters rise. I can hear the howling lies as they haunt me. Fear won't hold me now. My feet are on the rock. 
Yeah. 
Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. 
arise. God's telling us to arise. That that with everything we've been going through in 2020, he's saying to arise. Let your voice rise up to him. Let your praise rise up to him. It says arise for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And in verse 2, it says, See, darkness covers the earth and the uh, thick darkness is over the peoples. But, but, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. So let us rise this morning in our worship. Let us rise this morning with our voices. Let us rise this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the victory. We thank you that we're going to see the victory, Father God.
before there's power in the prayer and the praises of God's people. We just raise our hands to you, Father. We surrender to you this morning.
Father, we know that your word does not return void. We stand on your promises, Lord, that you would never leave us nor forsake us. So it honestly doesn't matter what the enemy schemes up. It doesn't matter what his plans are to destroy the lives of God's children. Because as we seek the face of God, as we lift up our praises to God, as we pray to our Heavenly Father, He gives us victory. He gives us victory. We have to believe that. We praise you this morning. grace and the blessings of God fall on his children. So this morning we're looking straight to the Heavenly Father. This morning we look to you, Lord. We don't look to the left or to the right, but we look to you, Father. And we know that we walk in your blessing and your divine protection, that the enemy has no power over us. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. We walk in the blessings of God. We praise you, Jesus.
out against you. He hasn't turned his back on you. He hasn't turned his face from you. He is for you. Because victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to him. And victory
Thank you, Lord. Have your way in this place. Father, we come before you as a nation right now. Father, we ask your forgiveness over our nation. Father, I ask your forgiveness. And I pray, Father God, that you help this nation turn from its evil ways. Father, we honestly pray to you today to bring healing to this nation, Father. We come against the spirit of disunity, and we pray that a spirit of unity would fill this place. Father, that unity would fill this nation, that unity would fill your churches, that unity would fill your homes. Jesus says, any kingdom any household, any city that is divided will not stand. And we know the enemy has come in to bring the vision in, in secret little ways. But we come against every trap and snare that the enemy would try and place in this country right now and cause it to fail. With the enemy meant for harm, Father God, you'll turn into good. With the enemy meant to destroy this nation will turn into revival throughout this nation. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We speak peace in this nation. Across this world. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. I wasn't, you could be seated for a moment. Um, I want to call up Brother Jerry and Sister Matilda up here. Um, this isn't exactly how I was going to do everything, but this is all right. I like when God stirs things up. Amen. Pass Island, Sister Jeanette, if you want to both come up here with us, Suzanne. You'll come up on the platform if y'all can. Amen. Amen. Hey, there we go. Yeah, they can make it. Okay. Come on up. Amen. Y'all should have took the elevator. Amen. I, I, this is why I didn't warn them before they met. I said, no, it's, it's hard to get up there. <laughs> Be careful in the grading. Amen. Y'all get sad on that side. Today is a bittersweet day. 
That's, that's the best way I could describe it. Most of you already know that um, Brother Jerry and Sister Matilda have been, are, are going to be taking over uh, pastors at, at Christian Family Center in Galliano on November 8th. That, not next weekend, but the next. They'll be officially put in there. But we just want to tell them thank you for being here these last how many years? Three years? Okay. I knew it was before yesterday and after 1966. That's when I was born. So I, I, can't, I can't remember all those things. But God has blessed us and their family. You know, uh, Crystal was up on the worship team. She worked in the nursery. Paige also worked in the nursery. And uh, their whole family have been such a blessing to this church. You know, and we're glad to see them. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. We're happy and proud of them that they're getting this new position. And, um, you know, we are for each other. We're, we're not working. You know, that's, it's not that we're in competition with any church on the bio. We, we need, that's why we're praying all unity that churches would work together throughout this. And we're going to continue working with Brother Jerry and Sister Matilda and their family and War Room Ministries as when they do uh, – street outreach and things like that, we're still going to be part of that as we were when they were in here. We're going to continue working together, but they're going to take on an extra responsibility down the bayou, pastoring that church, and I believe they're going to do a great job down there. And, um, you know, and what we want to do is, I'm going to ask anyone if they all want to just say a few words, but then we're going to anoint them with all and uh, pray over them, and we're going to bless them as they leave. Because we don't try to stand, you know, it, it, we could say, oh, greedy, we don't want y'all to leave. We don't. But we want God's will to be done. Amen. God's will to be done. And like I said, I love both of you, and uh, y'all going to surely be missed. Uh, is Paige still in here, or she's in the nursery? Oh, she's in the nursery. I told her this morning that I said, you know, Paige, I said, that their daughter is Paige, one of them. And I, I told her, I said, I finally talked to your daddy and mama to taking you with them. And she says, what do you mean? And I said, well, Jerry and Matilda told me they were starting a new page in their life. And I said, well, what about the old page? And they said, oh, I guess we could take her. So, <laughs> so but uh, I'm going to ask Suzanne if you want to say a few words. You're okay. She's too nervous. She's going to cry. Pastor Allen, Sister Jeanette, y'all want to say a few words? Boy, y'all, see how he is. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, we're going to miss him being here, but we're not going to miss him because we'll see him all around. I see Jerry all the time on Facebook. You know, he's getting to be a real star. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to miss y'all. I just want to say it. I remember when Jerry was about this tall and about this big around. <laughs> I loved him since he was a little boy. I've seen God do great things. Jerry and Matilda both, we love you. And we wish them all the best. I believe God's got his hand on their lives. And I believe God's going to do great things through y'all and in that church. And I just prophesy right now that the power of God would be great on you and flow out greatly through you and that the Spirit of God would give you strength and wisdom and understanding 
and that God would give you grace to be sensitive to his spirit and obedient to step as he says walk and God's going to lead you into a deeper depth a higher height and a greater ministry we bless you in Jesus name Amen. Before we let them say some things, we're going to anoint them with all and pray over them because we're already stealing all their time right now for speaking this morning. So would you just hold it? Amen. Let's just pray for them. Father, we just humbly come before you right now. Father, we thank you for the time that Jerry and Matilda and their family have been a blessing to Christian Fellowship Church. Father, we thank you for uh, the times of refreshing we had through them. And as Brother Jerry has spoken the word here on many Sunday mornings. But, Father, we release them now to go to Christian Family Center, Father God, and be in the place that you've called them to be, Father. Father, we speak blessing upon their life. We, we come against the enemy that would try and come against them, and, Father God, try to attack them or their family in any type of way. Father, we come against any trap or snare that the enemy would try and place against them and Christian Family Center, Father, right now, and we cause it to fail right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over their life right now. We pray for a special anointing and grace and mercy over their life as they make this transition, Father God, into a new way, Father God, of life. I pray that you give them peace, Father God. I pray that you, you give them a sound mind, sound spirit, Father God, that they don't walk in fear, Father God, but they know they are walking in the ordained steps that you have for their life, Father. And we thank you for that right now. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone says, Amen, 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 Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. If it wasn't for our friendly COVID, We'd want y'all all to come around and hug them, but we can't do that. So everyone just stretch your arms like this and play like you're hugging them. There we go. We love y'all. Amen. We're going to turn the service over to Brother Jerry right now. And, uh, Amen. It, we took all your time, so that, that was a, it's okay. a, a special prize for do, you. Do y'all give me more time? Yeah, we give them more time, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just want to say that this church has been a, point of grace when we needed grace and we thank y'all for your love for your acceptance and for allowing us to be part of y'all and we're still part of y'all and we're still gonna connect because we need unity on the bayou and God's just placed us at a different place and I want to say if you planted here stay here if God has planted you in this church and this is where you belong stay here that, that's what we want to say to you because we're going to be working together. So uh, I'm, I'm going to get into the word because I don't want to get real emotional. Genesis chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to start with verse 5. See if I can do this in 25 minutes. Pray for me. 
Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I would destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this church, for these people that are here. Father, I pray that your seed would go deep inside the heart, Lord God, that it would bring forth fruit and fruit that remains. Father, we just love you today. And Satan, the blood of Jesus, against you from stopping anyone from receiving this seed that is going to be planted from God's word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. We got to understand something. In the days of Noah, it was very corrupt. The, the, the only thoughts of men was evil, and it was filled with violence. It, it's kind of similar to what we see in today in 2020. In, in fact, it, it, there, there are riots today. There's human trafficking today. There, there's sodomy today. There's all these things. In fact, there, there, there's even uh, cover-ups today. Uh, when, when you look on the news, there, there's news media that pulses peaceful protests, but at night they're nowhere to be found because what happens at night? That's when the evil comes and, and we see cops as bad and riots as good. We see pro-life as bad and pro-choice as good. We see uh, pro-life, uh, I mean pro-life as good and pro-choice as bad. We see sodomy as good, heterosexual bad. We see all these things, but where did it start? It started in men's heart. You see, we, we don't have, the more rules you make, it doesn't matter because we don't have a head condition. We got a heart condition. It starts in the heart of man. When it starts in your heart, you know what happened? The Bible says imaginations come. And when you imagine something, is basically an image. So everything they were imagining in Noah's day, everything they were making an image in their head, they were acting out. And God looked down and said, I am sorry that I made you. Wow. God looked down and said, I'm sorry that I made you. I'm, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to send something. I'm going to send a flood. And, and you see, their own thoughts and theologies... Everything they thought was right, they were actually molding and doing. Kind of like what we see in 2020. Everything that people see and imagine, they go act it out. And they say, well, I'm right. I'm, I'm. No, God created us to worship Him. Even the, the, the uh, earth is acting out. We've got another hurricane that possibly could be coming. You know, I, I am thinking that the earth is groaning back to be in the perfect state it was created in. Everything we see weather-wise, the earth is saying, we want that natural state back, God. We're acting up because we're ready for you to come back. Destruction is at hand. See, God created the waters, but he never intended it to be a hurricane. Before sin came into the world, it was all perfect. Everything was perfect, and then sin entered in. You know, and, and, and what happened when sin entered in, man made a choice to join forces with evil. That's all it basically was. God had restricted himself to let man be what he created them to be with a will and a choice. 
Everybody had a choice today to either come to church or not go to church. People have a choice to do drugs or not do drugs. People have a choice to do whatever they want, and God doesn't stop them. And, and that's why we have volition. That's how we are made in God's image. We have the ability to choose. Every intent of the heart was evil. That's a scary place to be. You know, with, with 2020 is, you know, when you look at 2020 in the church, what can I get away with and still get to heaven? What, what can I do and still make it into heaven? You know, what, man has dominion over everything. Think about it. You know, some people say, well, God is in control. How many of you say God is in control? We, we, we know what's going on, but God is still in control. Is he? Is God still in control? In fact, we look at Psalms 115 and 16. The Bible says in Psalms 115 and 16, the heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has what? Given us earth. And what? Put us in charge in it. Wait a minute. I thought God's in control of everything. Right here it says, he put us on earth and said, you are in control of earth. See, what happens in heaven is up to God, but what happens on earth is up to us. What happens in heaven is up to God, but what you do in your house is up to you. You say, oh, God, God is in No, he gave you volition, which means you have a choice to do right or you have a choice to do wrong. He gave you the authority to make choices. You say, well, I'm, I'm totally in, up to my ears in debt. Did God get you in debt? Is he in control of that? Did you keep running your credit cards up? Did you keep spending above your budget that you're making? See, we're in control. We've been given the authority. You know, you say, well, God has a will. Of course God has a will. God's not willing that any should perish, but that everybody repents, that everybody comes to him. But how does that happen? It happens by the choices we make on earth. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and God's not going to lay down everything for you to say, to do. You have choices you have to make according to your free will. Some of you are in a mess because of choices you made. Some of you are in a mess because choices other people made. But then it says this, as God pronounces judgment upon the world and prepares to destroy it with a flood, we find one man. One man. It says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah believed when no one else would believe. Noah stood up when no one else would stand up. Noah was the only one saying, Hey, we need to do, do right and repent when no one else cared about it. We need to find grace. We have to once again find God's grace. It says he found grace. You know, look, if, I, if I'm walking and all of a sudden I run across, across a $20 bill and I pick it up, I receive that $20 bill. See, everybody on earth is going to come a point in time when you're going to run into God's grace. You're going to run into his goodness. You're going to run into his mercy. But receiving it is another thing. Many people have, you see, God gives us mercy because he wants us to run into grace. But when God shows mercy and you run into grace and you reject that grace, you continue to be in the state that you're in. You continue to, to not receive. You know, me, you may be the only one in your family to find grace, but it might save your whole family. 
Just like Noah. God, he said, build an ark, build grace. I'm giving you mercy, but I want you to build grace. See, this bayou has to have grace if it's going to reach people. We, we can't have uh, uh, people walk into our church and us look down on them because of they're different. That's not grace. That's not God's love. We have to find grace again. Remember, I didn't earn this $20. I found it. There's nothing you can do that's going to earn the grace of God in your life. You're going to run into it. Why? Because he says, you are the apple of his eye. And when you run into grace, that means you turned in a direction towards him and he's showing you how much he loves you. That in the midst of your sin, he's still willing to give you forgiveness. In the midst of his sin, he's still willing, in your sin, he's willing to give you peace. Grace is this, God giving me the ability to please him. That's grace. God has given me the ability to please him. Because there's nothing we can do that can please God aside of God's grace. It means, found means to search with scrutiny. When you're looking for something, you're going to eventually run into it. You see, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace? Wait a minute. In the time of need. So we go boldly to the throne of grace to get mercy that we what? Find grace. God says, you should have been dead, but that was my mercy so you can actually find me. You, you should have been in jail, but that, no, that's my mercy so that you can find me. You, you should be in, 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 in the divorce court or you should be on, on a rehab facility. But this is by mercy so you can run into me. You see, they had someone who represented mercy in the day of the flood and it was Enoch's son, Methuselah. He lived to be 969 years old. And his name means, when I'm gone, it shall be sent. That was God's mercy to the people to allow the ark of grace to be built to save the world. Right now, we're in an age of mercy where God has given us mercy, but one day, mercy's going to give way to judgment. I'm here to let you know, one day, mercy will give way to judgment, and God's going to come down and judge sin. We have to let people know that, hey, we have to be a point of grace for people. You know, straight up, when we came here three years ago, this church was a point of grace to us when we needed grace and mercy at that time. It was a point of grace. Somebody in your life can be a point of grace to you when you need it the most. That's God showing you that you are the apple of my eye. Just because the world says it's over, it ain't over. Just because people say it's over, it ain't over. Why? God says, because I have put my mercy and grace on you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you. Grace and mercy shall follow you. But what do you do with it? Do you receive it? Or do, do you just leave it on the ground and say, well, I really don't need it? When everybody finds this, you, what do you do? We'd take it, right, Kev, right, Bankston? Yeah, 
We'd, we'd take it and use it. But why do we play games with God's grace? Some of us need God's grace, and some of us, ha- some of us has grace. Do we offer, are we that point of grace to somebody? To somebody. To somebody. We have to be that point of grace. See, when you find grace, it's always loving. It's never, I told you so. I told you. I told you that was going to happen. No, when you find grace, grace loves. It loves. You know, and everybody says, well, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Well, well, what are we doing? We're waiting for him to come back, and he's waiting for us to be a point of grace to the bayou. Who I hope God just raptures me out of this mess. I'm like, really? How can we be so selfish? How many of our loved ones are not even going to make it? And we're worried about us when God's saying, I've given you grace. Now be a point of grace to somebody. You know, in Matthew 25 and 36, it says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven but, all, but my father only, but as in the days of Noah. Hmm, he's giving us a sign right here. As in the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. In other words, they were living it up. Having hurricane parties. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Did not know until the flood. Did not know until the, a flood is coming. Noah, can you imagine Noah's message every Sunday? A, a flood's coming, guys. A flood's coming, guys. The same message over and over. Just as Noah found grace in the ark, when the flood went down, you know what happened? After everything was over with, when the flood waters receded, there was a man found. His name was Noah. And him and his whole family were saved. Why? Because of grace. Mercy led him to grace. A lot of us need to come to the mercy seat of Christ that he shed his blood for so we can obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. But you know what? Grace don't only save you. Grace sustains you. It gives you the power to live the Christian life. It keeps you. But the Bible says he was perfect in all his generations. That, that, does that make sense? It never really made sense to me, Pastor Scott, because I always thought there was only one perfect man. But then when you really study it, it says that from Seth all the way down to Noah, no Nymphalums has ever crossed that bloodline and slept with any women. So that bloodline was clean all the way from Seth till Noah, which means that it can continue on all the way to Christ. I want to let you know something. I don't care what your bloodline is. I don't care where you come from. Because once you receive Jesus and once he puts his DNA on you, you're no longer the same person. You're a new creation. You have a new identity. Everything's gone and now it's all new. He makes you perfect in his bloodline. Only Jesus. That's how he manifested his righteousness and integrity. The Bible also says he walked with God. Just like his grandfather Enoch, he walked with God and was not, and God took him up. The seventh generation from Adam. How is your walk with God today? 
Walk with God. Do we walk in love? Or do we walk in bitterness? Do we walk in grace? Or do we walk in selfishness? Because if we make our own decisions, God's going to allow us to. But there's repercussions and consequences for every decision we make. In Hebrews 11, it says this. By faith, verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir, became heir of the righteousness which is according to the faith. <laughs> by faith, you know what Noah did? He did something undignified. By faith, Noah told people, I'm building a boat because it's going to rain when it never actually rained before. You know, sometimes faith is going to have you do something that is totally off the wall, totally weird, totally don't make sense, but that's what faith is all about. You know, Noah spoke of the vision that he had. Noah spoke of the vision God gave him, but one day the vision spoke for Noah. One day the ark was there and it began to rain and it flood. Noah didn't have to say anymore, hey, rain's coming. Hey, it's going to flood. The vision that he actually spoke, it came to fruition and it actually happened. That there was actually, the vision was speaking for him. That's how faith works. We speak something that's totally crazy. Like how can two churches on the bayou have a thousand people in each church? That's crazy. Are we preparing for it? Are we building for it? Are we letting people know what's going on? God showed me five years ago what was going to happen on this bayou. And people look at me and they kind of, is the bayou. You know the reputation on the bayou. Yeah, but I know the reputation of my God. And when my God speaks... He don't lie. When my God says something, it's the truth. It's the truth. And, and believe me, it's not about numbers. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying about is people finding a point of grace somewhere. That they can walk in somewhere in the midst of their mess and say, you are welcome. We love you, man. God's here. We're here for you. Even if they walk in and, and they're a little... Just come from, they just left the bar, you know, this morning and just walked in church. Sat down say, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. I saw cars. I thought it was the fort round. <laughs> so I guess I'll just stay if you don't mind. Are we going to be that point of grace for that person? Or are we just going to stay with Bankston because Bankston's cool? You know what I'm saying? We, 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 his breath smells good, I think. Rachel, does it? But when are we going to be that point of grace for someone? For someone. Because I can't reach everybody. But if y'all have grace and y'all give somebody else grace, that's what God wants. That's what he wants. You know, he, he said, by faith, he spoke of a vision. 
But this is the thing. He warned him. You know, anytime something bad's going to come your way in life, God usually warns you. And what we usually do is ignore the warning signs. We ignore those signs and continue on in our own way. You know, if you keep drinking, you know, you could end up with this and, ah, that's a warning sign. You keep smoking, you could end up with this. That's a warning sign. You keep looking at pornography and you're going to end up right, ah, I'm just doing it where nobody sees me. Really? Until the secretary at work. But it just started out in private. But there's warning signs. Just like Noah was warning people, hey, there's a flood coming and you're going to die. And they're like, Noah, you're crazy. But he says, fear. He feared God. Do we actually fear God anymore? And this is all what, what fear gods mean. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the fear of God. But, but basically, the fear of God is this. Listen, I reverence you enough that I'm going to follow your instructions, even when it seems silly. I reverence you enough that I'm going to do this. I'm going to go up to this person at Walmart looking at the meats and tell them that their son's coming in. It don't make sense to me, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to this person and just say exactly what you want me to tell. I'm going to follow them. I reverence you enough and fear you enough that no matter what you say, I'm going to do. That's what Noah did. That's what Noah did by faith. You know, the, the uh, Jewish rabbi, Hebrew rabbis said, you know what's the first thing? At 500 years old, God says, no, I'm going to try and wrap it up, guys. At, at 500 years old, God says, hey, build the ark. Jewish rabbis said he went and planted seeds. Huh? He planted trees because he knew he would have to bend to get the ark. And today them trees are still growing with a bend in them. But think of this. 500 years old, God says, yeah, and 120 years later you'll have the ark, but plant seeds. He planted trees. What he planted that day saved him in the storm of tomorrow. What you plant today is what's going to sustain you tomorrow. What you do today is what you're going to live in tomorrow. What seeds are you planting today? Are you planting seeds? The, 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 the finances you plant today is going to determine your harvest tomorrow. Okay, I'm not going to talk about fine. The love you plant today in someone's life is going to determine the love that comes back to you tomorrow. The kindness you plant. More people has been won to the Lord over kindness than anything else. Kindness has won more people to the Lord. I mean, we went and speak in, we were in Hammond, went speaking, where? Livingston. Two weeks ago. And, and my wife... She's, she's like the junior Holy Spirit in my life. <laughs> so I'm walking out the dollar store in Hammond, and it was not the best place, Ernie. I think I was in the hood. I, I just ended up at this dollar store, and I said, man, this is, this is cool. And they had a guy sitting, legs crossed. And as I'm passing by, he said something, but she was here. He was there. I said, I'm good, man. And she said, he asked for a dollar so he could eat. I didn't hear him. You know, I, I, I just said I'm good. You know what I'm saying? 
So I'm like, all right, let's go to McDonald's. So we went. But that one act of kindness, come back and feed him. What did it do for him? That could have been his point of grace. Hey, I'm not giving you this meal, but Jesus is. Because he told me to feed you. Because when I stand before him one day, he's going to say, hey, I was hungry and you fed me. When did I feed you? Remember in Hammond at the dollar store when you were so good? But you went back and you fed him? Yeah. How many tests does God put in your life to prove to somebody else that God is a merciful God and he does show grace when you don't deserve it? You know, I, I didn't take the guy's application and say, well, well what, why have you, were you sitting down? Where, where did it start? Let's go through your childhood. Let's find out what caused you at 50 years old to be sitting right here in front of the dollar store begging for a dollar to eat. Well, well let's go back and let's dissect it. No, God never said that. He said, let's just be grace to people and allow me to do the work in their life because you can't be good enough to sustain someone. You can't be good enough to make them do good. You could only show them my grace and introduce them to a God that created them, that shows them they have a purpose. That's all we can do. It also says he was a preacher of righteousness. Think about that. He spoke the truth. If there's ever a time when the church needs to get away from politics and get away from all this stuff about elections and speak the truth of God's word is today. If people know the truth, they're going to know who to vote for. If people know God, they're going to know who to vote for. It's time we speak the truth of God's word. What are you going to do if half your church is Democrats? You going to get up there and, and start bashing Democrats? Or are you just going to speak God's truth and allow God's truth to work on people's hearts? To show them. To reveal to them. I know I'm meddling, but I know a pastor friend who got up, not in this state, and was doing that half his church left. Didn't even realize We need to preach God's, he preached God's truth. He, you know what he preached? We need to repent of all these sins we've been doing. Because there's not one sin that's greater than the other sin. Everybody was sinful in that generation. And he said, a flood's coming, repent and get right. I'm building grace for you to get in. And if nobody gets in, at least I'm going to have my family with me. At least I'm going to have my children with me. If no one gets in my boat other than my family, that was Noah. That was Noah. Eight was in that ark. New beginnings. Hmm. See, Romans 1 says, God gave them over to themselves. That's a judgment in itself. You know why? When God gives you over to yourself, you know what happens? You can create so much hell on earth for you before you even get to hell. When he turns you over to yourself. And if you don't want to receive God's grace in your life, you're basically going to be living hell on earth before you get to hell. That's what not accepting God's grace means. That's what not accepting his offer to you that I died for you. My blood was shed for you. All you have to do is receive me. You know what the greatest torment is at all? 
separation from God because you see he he didn't promise that the storm was gonna gonna cease as soon as you turn to him but he promised that he would be with you see in all the times Noah preached in them hundred something years he preached that nobody was with him but God was with him and that's all that mattered to him you know I don't know what storms of life you're facing today but I know one thing if I'm in a storm all I want to know is you're with me I the, 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 the waves may keep rushing the wind might keep blowing but all I want to know is that you're with me just don't leave me in the middle of this storm because if you're with me I know that I'm gonna make it if you are with me I know that I'm gonna get to the other side of this storm but all we got to do is turn to him and face him and say look just come with me in the storm. I mean, don't, don't even take me out of the storm. Just be with me. Give me peace in the middle of the storm. See, that ark is Jesus today. When the storms come, he has a place for you. That ark reveals God's goodness. You see, even Moses says, hey God, if you have grace, show me your glory. So what God did, he said, okay, Moses, get in the cleft of the rock. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to put my hand and just my backside is going to pass. You know, when we in the rock of Jesus, that's the safest place to be is in the rock, in the cleft of the rock. But you see, God, God is spirit. Why did, why did God do that? Because you can't see spirit, right? God is spirit. See, spirit only knows where it's going, and then there's only proof that it's been there. <laughs> Come on. Spirit knows where it's going, but how do you know it's been there? Because there's going to be proof that has been there. So when you get into the rock, into the cleft, into Jesus Christ, and his spirit's been there, people may not see the spirit, but they're going to see you and say, there's proof that something's different about you. There's proof because you used to be a drug head, and you're no longer a drug head. You used to run around on your wife, but you no longer run around on your wife. You used to be this, but I see proof that there's something different. I met grace, and grace filled me with his spirit. Therefore, I am no longer the old creature, but I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away, and now everything is new again. Everything is new. You see, the goodness of God is where he has been in your life. The goodness of God is where he's been in your life. You say, yeah, but this is insane. 2020 is nuts. But his goodness is still there. If you're looking, you'll find it. If you turn to him, you'll find his goodness. You'll find his grace. Every November, I fast and pray for the new year. Well, I'm really going to be fasting and praying this year because last year, it wasn't good, Ernie. God told me that this year was going to be a year of exposure. This year was going to be bad. This year, everything was going to be exposed from political realm to the church. To, and I'm like, God, really? And he says, I have to. I have to, because I can't waste the harvest on a church that's dysfunctional. Ah! I can't send people to this church 
that is running around dysfunctionally, a form of godliness with no power. You see, the, 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 when I talked about Peter being sifted and he went back to what was familiar, I'm closing, promise. Four more minutes. When, when he went back to what was familiar and Jesus went and made breakfast on the beach, he recreated the same miracle. I spoke that over here. He recreated the same miracle to call Peter back and say, follow me. But you know what the difference was between the first miracle and the second miracle? The first miracle, the nets broke. The second miracle, the nets did not break. And he said, count the harvest this time that you caught. 153. And what God spoke to me two weeks ago is, this next harvest, the nets are not going to break. And we're actually going to count the harvest that's coming in. They're going to be accounted for. Because the harvest in the past, our nets broke and we lost those fish. They weren't accounted for. Oh, how many people got saved? Well, yeah, 176 got saved. Show me the fish. The nets broke. Don't know where they at no more. They're somewhere in the sea. But Peter had to go through the sifting of the heart to get where he needed to be so these nets don't break. And he leaves that boat and never returns to the boat again but follows Christ wholly. God showed me that this year has been the year of sifting because the next harvest that's going to come, our nets can't break. And we have to count every single harvester that's here. Every single person that's harvested, we have to be accounted for and accounted to. But before that can happen, we need his grace. And we need to be that point of grace to somebody. We need to be that point of grace to somebody. Because Matthew 24, 44 says, In such an hour that ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. When you find grace, embrace it. Don't run away from it. When you find mercy, embrace it. Don't run away from it. You say, yeah, but I won't be able to have fun no more. Embrace it and watch what happens. You say, but I won't be able to do this. Just embrace it and let him have control of your heart, your mind, and your soul. And watch the decisions you start making now in life. Because that's all he wants. When the floods come, are we going to have a point of grace for this bayou? When disaster happens, are we going to have a point of grace for this bayou? Where people can run in and say, hey, everybody's dying out there. And we say, but you're safe here. Because there's grace here. There's mercy here. There's the love of a father here. Let's stand. Wow. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for who you are. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord God, that you are pouring your mercy and grace out today on everyone in this building, Lord God. Lord, so much that, that we just don't have enough for us, that we become a point of mercy, a point of contact of grace for someone else in their time of trouble, for someone else when they're needing it. I thank you, Father, Lord, for doing it. I thank you, Lord God. Lord, that we become the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. Lord, I thank you for this church that you've placed here to be mercy and grace in people's times of need and in trouble, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, anyone that needs healing, I speak healing 
over their body. Father, if they need healing in their mind, I speak healing over the mind. Father, in their spirit, if they need healing in their I speak healing in their spirit. Satan, the blood of Jesus against you, that tormenting spirit has to leave in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. Father, I just pray that we be the church that you've called us to be. That we don't say, oh, we're waiting for you to come back. That we say we're going to walk and be your hands and feet. And Lord, when you come, you come. But we're going to be working until you come. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Listen, I just want you all to know that we love you all, Pastor Scott. This is and we love y'all, Pastor Island, Sister Jeanette, all of you. And thank y'all for being a point of grace for our family when we needed it. And we we just going, we just eight, nine miles down the road. So we still gonna be connected. We're gonna invite y'all to come to say y'all invite me in our church when y'all have special events and we'll we'll unify. We'll unify and we'll reach this by you together. We we're gonna work on three oh eight. That's what we're gonna do. We <laughs> He's 308 North, and I'm 308 South. We're going to reach all of 308. (laughs) Amen. God bless you all.